0: Congregations of the Lord's Church often face various challenges. If we grow, there seems to be challenges. If we shrink, there are challenges. And if we find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic, there are challenges. There are challenges because we are dealing with people. The devil would certainly love to stop us in our work. That's another reason we have challenges. Paul mentions this in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 18. For we wanted to come to you, I Paul, more than once, and yet Satan hindered us. Satan would love to see this pandemic divide us. He would love to see us fight within ourselves. He'd love to see us tear one another down. We must be careful because how Satan operates isn't always evident, as he is a great deceiver. 2 Corinthians 11.3 But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. During challenging times, don't allow yourself to be led from your devotion to Christ. We must take up the admonition to hold fast, Revelation three and verse eleven, overcoming any challenges the devil might throw our way. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. I hope you know you are my beloved brethren. I hope you will be steadfast and immovable. I also hope that you are abounding in the work of the Lord, even though we are not able to meet in person just yet. Keep the faith because it will not be in vain. In our study this morning, we will look at some challenges that every congregation must meet to serve the Lord faithfully. I hope you will keep these in mind. I hope you will make yourself stronger in the areas where you are weak, and I hope you will encourage others in the areas that you are strong. Our first challenge we must face is to remember what our work is. Far too many times this is where problems arise. We do not remember what our congregation should be doing. All too often churches resort to entertaining or they resort to whatever will make the people happy and content. What does Ephesians four, eleven and 12 say? And He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. We have a purpose. And that purpose involves building up the body of Christ. This is how the body continues to grow. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. What do you do that involves building up your brothers and sisters in Christ? We aren't meeting right now, but there's still plenty that you can do even though we are apart. Do you gossip? Do you harbor negative feelings towards other Christians that attend with you at your congregation? Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. This is to be our goal every time we meet. This is to be our goal every single day as we think about our brothers and sisters in Christ at our congregations so that we might encourage them. Not so that we can bring them down And because when we're bringing them down, we're forgetting what our work is. Make it your goal. And you will answer the challenge of what our work is supposed to be today if you make your goal building each other up rather than being distracted and tearing each other down. The next challenge we face is to sound forth the gospel of Christ. What are we doing with the gospel at Birdville Chapel? What is your church doing with the gospel? We should all strive to be like the church at Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 8, For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. Paul told them here that they had been doing a great job spreading the Word. In verse 9, Paul says that he has heard other people talk about how the church at Thessalonica turned from their idols to serve the true and living God. So we spread the Gospel. And one of the ways we do that is by telling others how that Gospel has changed us. Through individual and collective efforts, also, we must sow the seed to spread the gospel. As we become complacent in our Christianity, it becomes tempting to never speak of Jesus and what He has done for you. We feel strange, we feel weird. Why, Christian? We must remember that we hold in our hands the power of God unto salvation, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. We need to remember that the souls of our friends and neighbors are so valuable, That Jesus died for them. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. We need to remember that those who leave this world outside of Christ will be lost. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. The question to all of us listening right now is this. Are we doing what we can to spread the gospel? The next challenge we must answer is to provide for the needy. This was the original purpose behind the collection, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. And as the church, we need to recognize that with our assets financially, and other things that we may have that we are blessed with, it must be our purpose to help those in need. I think sometimes, though, we find reasons not to help people. Well, here's why we can't do that. Here's why we shouldn't do that. Listen. I hope I make a lot of people mad on this earth for doing good and for helping my fellow man, whoever that may be, because you know who I don't want to disappoint? My Heavenly Father. What did Paul tell the Galatians in chapter 6 and verse 10? While we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. We do not want to pass up opportunities to do good to all men, do we? We do not want to pass up opportunities to practice pure religion, James chapter 1 and verse 27, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Here again, the question to each of us is, are we doing what we can to see that needs are being met? The work of the local church goes far beyond providing a place where people worship from week to week. We should be preparing ourselves to work and to look outside our walls, and to see those in need, and to meet those needs for them. To the glory of Christ. The next challenge congregations must face is to learn to live above pettiness. Even good churches can be hindered by pettiness. Philippians 4, verses 2 and 3, Paul tells the Philippian church, I urge Yodiah and I urge Syntyre to live in harmony in the Lord. What was going on with these two people? Apparently Paul knew of these and they weren't living in harmony, otherwise he wouldn't have said that. But also it must not have been too pressing or he would have handled the topic more thoroughly possibly. Paul wrote specifically about similar occurrences, people living in disharmony. He wrote about similar occurrences to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 3.3 3. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? We learn in verse 4 that there was division among the brethren because of who taught them. You're acting like mere men, he says. You're not acting like the spirit-filled Christian you are supposed to be. And that's how Christians act. When churches lose sight of their primary purpose, they are ripe for being torn asunder by pettiness. Pettiness involves selfishness, gossip, and any sort of behavior that might cause a division that can otherwise be stopped by Christian maturity. Ever see someone at your congregation or at work and think, why can't you two just live in harmony? I think that's what Paul is doing here with Udiah and Syntyche. One person has done something wrong to the other, but no one can figure it out. It's like taking chocolate out once it has been put into the milk. Situations like this where members of a congregation aren't living peacefully can cause uneasiness among the membership. Those who can't get along must learn to get along one way or another. You don't have to be best friends, but creating discord rocks the proverbial boat that is sunk. Not by all the water on the outside, but by the water that slowly seeps in to the inside. We must keep a proper sense of proportion. It is is disastrous when we begin to major in minors, people often say. Small problems begin to be blown out of proportion. We must see the largeness and importance of our work in comparison to our problems. Every congregation has its problems, for we are composed of imperfect people. If we would but remember, though, Paul's exhortations in Philippians 2, 1-5, they would surely help. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, Maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Congregations need to accept the challenge never to allow pettiness to so affect them that they destroy themselves from within. Learn to rise above petty squabbles. The next challenge we must face is the challenge to maintain gratitude for our blessings. We have much for which to be thankful even during these difficult times of the pandemic. As individuals, we have many physical blessings, our families, our friends, our homes. Despite the pandemic, we must remember that we are the most blessed country in the world. Also, we have many spiritual blessings. Salvation in Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the peace of mind that comes from that, the love of God, the strength and wisdom of the Word of God, the hope of heaven. If you are not thankful for these things, then do you respect and cherish your Christian faith enough? I'd say you need to work on this area if you're not thankful for these spiritual blessings. If you don't see them as having worth, do you just see them though as a, as a check mark? Or do you truly see the blessings that come from living in Christ? As a congregation, hopefully we're free from turmoil. We're definitely free to worship we should also be thankful for those times when we see and recognize that we're filled with love and unity. Blessed with good facilities, with the possibility of numerical and spiritual growth. Great potential for both individual and congregational growth. Reside right here at the Birdville Chapel Church of Christ. And I'm sure they reside in many other places at Fountainhead, just up the road here. At the White House congregation that's down in the middle of town, at the Portland Church of Christ, where I used to serve. So many blessings throughout these various congregations. We should be noted, we should be looked at and admired, even for our attitude of gratitude. Note how often Paul exhorted the Colossians to be thankful Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father, abounding with thanksgiving, Colossians 2.7, as the peace of God rules in your heart, be thankful, Colossians 3.15. Giving thanks to God, Colossians 3.17. Be vigilant in prayer with thanksgiving, Colossians 4 and verse 2. As individuals and as a congregation, let us never become unthankful when it comes to the blessings we receive from God. Because when we do become ungrateful, unthankful, let's look at what happens. Romans 1 and verse 21 also mentions this, being ungrateful. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. They didn't give thanks to God and their heart was darkened. And in their speculations, they were, they were worth Nothing. Let's know God and let's be thankful for all that He has done for us. There are many other challenges that congregations may face, such as persecution for the cause of Christ, or maybe natural calamities that can devastate a community, or maybe even within the walls. Challenges that happen there among families, among individuals, that sometimes, oftentimes, has a ripple effect throughout the congregation to face that challenge head on. And may we do that. May we meet those challenges with love. In most cases, these challenges can be overcome. But how? By you being the Christian God has called you to be. Become a Christian today and start living for Jesus instead of everyone else. There is peace and there is relief from this world's troubles if you follow Him. You can become a Christian by being baptized as so many did in the New Testament. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, so many people, thousands of people were baptized that day. Follow that example and be added to the body of Christ. After that, you must live a faithful life and then you depend on the grace of God because none of us are perfect. If you'd like to become a Christian, contact us at the Birdville Chapel Church of Christ or a congregation of the Lord's church in your area.